1: Welcome to episode 69 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is Aaron Klein. Aaron, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. Well, we are happy to have you. Guys, so Aaron is the CEO of Work Assisted, and his passion is helping businesses save money and break through to the next level by allowing them to successfully outsource their customer service, technical support, telemarketing, and secretarial work. And I know all of you are drooling now. You're like, wait, I don't have to do it, and I don't have to hire anyone to do it. Someone else is gonna hire and train, yeah. So way they work is they have an industrial engineer, as well as Aaron, the founder, look into the company to fully understand the goals and how it operates. They collaborate with you, and they make sure that all of your stuff is taken care of. So I'm excited to talk to you today, Aaron, about like how this works. I think so many growing businesses can use services like this and could use the understanding of how you operate this so i'm really excited to dive in
0: so am i so am
1: i so before we go to like how you got here i want you to tell me what is the biggest mistake you see people make when they try to outsource the first time
0: well it a lot of times it depends on the mindset um, when people are looking to outsource, um, typically when people think of outsourcing, they think of you know online virtual assistants. They try to go to the freelance websites, and many times they're just they're you know the motivation that comes even to outsource is really about saving money. And while that is so important, and of course that's one of the major reasons to do that, um, but what happens is when they only think about saving money, they start to forget what it really takes to make sure that it's a quality outsourcing. Um, So what happens is, you know, they they try to navigate themselves, they try to find the online virtual assistant, or the online telemarketers, or, you know, and what happens is that they stop to think about what it really takes in order to get a qualified. Of course, it really comes with experience, and the know how to do that. But a lot of times the mindset So then again- they're just
1: looking for cheap so they don't get quality. Is that kind of it? Many
0: times, yeah, many times. It's the, that's the one tier of, you know, what type of people are looking, uh, you know, some people are looking for that and the other type of um, business owners are looking to outsource bigger teams. Um, And that's even harder to navigate because, you know, while it's online, the companies try to be transparent, such as Upwork, et cetera, um, with call, you know, with call centers. They're even they're much less transparent. So you know, even if they're trying to focus on quality, it's just really, it, it, you know, it's really uh, unknown. And it's it's either way, it's it's not a simple thing, but it could be amazing if done right.
1: Got it. Okay. So I'm hearing the biggest mistake is you think outsourcing is like a super simple, cheap solution, and they go out there and they realize that not that you get what you pay for, but if you're not willing to invest in outsourcing as a solution for real, you just want to look for something cheap, you're not going to get out of it what it can really provide.
0: Uh, yes, 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 exactly.
1: Cool. How did you get into this? Like, you sat one day, like, I don't, like, you know when a little kid sits and goes, I want to run an outsourcing company. Like, how did this, how did this happen?
0: Yeah, so it, it's a hilarious story. How it worked was that, I uh, was actually hired by an energy provider. Uh, they sold gas, electricity, and what would, would you know they would sell to homeowners across the U.S. And they were using a call center, actually in India,
1: like Ambit, like one of these MLMs. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay. so, so similar what to that. Sorry, when
1: I, I, I apologize. I called you. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Like an energy company, because here's the thing: they always mean Ambit. Like that's always what they mean. Like they may as well just say it, because that's yeah. always what
0: it <laughs> Right, right, right. So it's actually
1: for this unnamed energy company. <laughs> <I'm>
0: sorry. <laughs> right. No, it's okay. So there's actually like utilities in every location. You know, not yeah. to get to that. Um, and then there's these private, you know, owned companies that are just there to give you better deals on that. So they actually supply it to anyhow. Um, the thing is that they were so the, they hired this Indian company to do telemarketing for them, and um, the problem was is that this company wasn't, wasn't doing well. They, it wasn't even that they weren't doing, they weren't making sales. They were, but there were so many issues with quality. They went into legal issues. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, the customer service was just so bad. And while on the one hand, it looks like it's making money, it's actually causing a lot of, you know, bigger problems. They're actually losing customers. Um, So they actually Uh, instead of switching. So normally you would switch to another call center if you have a problem. Um, so what the owner decided to do was, you know, uh, to stick with the company and hire me to manage the company that they were outsourcing to. So oh, if you understand what that means, it's a little bit crazy. Um, so, you know, for me, it was a very interesting opportunity. Listen, I'm not his consultants. I'm not going to tell him what to do. Um, for me, it was a great opportunity, because I would say, okay, so on the one hand, you know, I was very involved in the energy company. On the other hand, I was very involved with the outsourcing company. So um, basically, I took the job, it was a well-paying job. And um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, after a couple years working on them, I actually changed a lot of things around, and it was improved. Um, But at the end, at the end of the day, there were still many issues within the infrastructure that just wasn't gonna change, which is why most people like what? Be more like,
1: specific. I'll tell I like you. The, they uh, have the gory details for us. Because again, this was like, this is a massive multi billion dollar operation. I'm saying this is a huge company.
0: This is, yeah, it, it's a big company. <clears throat> but the problem was that the, to, to get, um, just to s- explain it, is that these, the Indians, you know, there's a reason why there's a stigma for them. Again, of course, I love all race, but there is a reason why there's a stigma for them that when people think, oh, Indian telemarketers are just coming to scam me. Now, they weren't technically scamming, but like when there was customer service issues, they would, if they took the patience for two seconds to understand what the person was complaining about, they would be able to help the person. Um, when it came to actual sales, there there were unethical sales going on. So it was like a cycle. There was like unethical sales going on, and then therefore there was more customer service problems, and the customer service weren't getting help. So it was just like a, a terrible cycle. And
1: but wouldn't they go back to training? Meaning, like, no, I don't think there's any person, race, subculture that's like inherently. Like that, I feel like if you train people properly, couldn't anyone do that, or do you say it's really like culture based?
0: So, so, what I'll tell you is like this: of course, there are amazing Indians, and I don't want to say it's culture based. It was, it was more also the people who were running it. No, there are a lot of companies in India so that was are
1: company amazing. culture.
0: Yeah, it was the, it was a okay. company culture, and it was just it was the mindset they had. So they used their their mindset, and they were just. Um, they like I spoke to the trainers. I spoke to the managers. I spoke to them every single day. We had video calls all the time, and they were very. Um, they like they listened to me, but I can say things a hundred times, and it wasn't it wasn't going to work. And their mindset was that I want to go home with X amount of dollars, and I don't care what it takes in order to get that money. Now the problem because the
1: system you, they were, were they only rewarding sales is that they're right? rewarding
0: sales, but even with customer service, it was just like. I don't care about being here. I'm just coming here to take some money and get and go home. And it, it's like, you know, we really tried changing it from the top because we are we were their biggest client. And I can
1: imagine as <laughs> a very big company.
0: Right, right, right. No, they had a couple of clients, but we were their biggest one. And we really tried, I even tried sending incentives, even though we're not the company. Like I really tried going around because the owner was really stubborn about not switching. So I said, okay, listen, this is what it is. I'm going to make the best out of it for him, and that's it. So, to do my job. Um, so, with all, of, it was from the agents, telemarketers, managers, everyone's mindset was just, I just want to go home with the paycheck. That's it. So, what's I can
1: split out just because they for, for the uninitiated agents or customer service agents? Yes. So, those are the people. If someone had trouble, it would go to them. And they'd be like, hello. Ambit Energy, you know, can I help you? And the customer say, I have a problem. I'd be like, okay, can't fix that. Better luck next time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. That was exactly the agents.
1: Then you got telemarketers. Hello, I'm calling from Ambit Energy. Would you like to get some better, cheaper energy for your house? Great. Um, And then who else is there? Then there's managers managing the telemarketers and the agents.
0: Right. 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 So exactly, exactly. So that's what it was. And everyone
1: and was just in it for the money. No one really cared about the people.
0: No one cared about the people. But the problem was is that if, in, it, at the end of the day, every company is run by the, by the CEO. You, know, you can have managers and trainers, but it all comes back up from the top. And he had that mindset as well. The problem was is that if the company would have changed their mindset from short-term focus to long-term and did not care about every single penny, and would focus on more making the client happy. They actually would have, you know, if you heard the end of the story, they, they probably would have done a lot better and made a lot more money long term. Totally. Um, and yeah, playing the long game is, exactly. in my
1: opinion, always the way to go, but not everyone plays that way.
0: Not everybody does. And, it, and they were the farthest from that. And, but the thing is I play that way to a hundred percent degree. And after a few years of working with them and really trying to change things, like I went down a couple of times every So often I would go down. I really tried being hands-on.
1: What's it um, like there? I've never been to India.
0: Uh, it's very interesting, a really beautiful place. Um, some places have cows walking in the street. It's um, so cool.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: very, it's very cute. It's very, you know, Right outside the building, they had like you know a bunch of farm animals walking by. Oh
1: my gosh! It's, it's like you have this like industrial like professional office complex, and then like farm animals. Strolling. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's what it was. Wow. it was very funny, and so um, it, yeah, it was very interesting going there. it's it's a really beautiful place, but when at some point I just I just couldn't you know accept the fact of people working in such a way and. For me, you know, I'm an idealistic person and to work with a company that's so much focused on the short term and we just weren't covering enough ground. It was, you know, I could have done the work I did with them, I could have done in six months versus three years. And it was just moving so slow because there was a, you know, a brick wall set up from just the way they were working. So when I went at one point, I just came over to the owner. I said, listen, um, you need to switch call centers. I'm happy to work with you obviously, but um, you got to switch call centers. And I said, you know, pick the Philippines. Uh, That's what I recommended, and I said, do that. So he said, you know, he didn't want to switch, but he says, okay, he just told me to go go and check things out. So I checked out call centers in the Philippines, Um, and the reason why I picked the Philippines is because Filipinos are really sweet people, the nicest people, they really just want to please and do good service, and that's what they're known for. Um, So I checked out a lot of call centers there, and i just wasn't satisfied enough and you know I, i came up with a few suggestions for him and i told him i said okay switch to these couple of call centers just pick one of them he didn't want to switch and after trying to convince for months and months i said listen you know i love working with you but i i can't deal with you know the the company culture that we're working with the call center i i don't really i'm not really able to work like that so if you don't switch to that to another call center, um, I'm just going to leave, you know? So that's what I told him. And he didn't want to. So I said, as I was walking out, I said, listen, I'm going to leave. And one day I'm going to open my own call center and you're going to become my client. Like that's what I told him. And, and and it happened. So now he's my client and we're doing very well with him. And we're selling much more than he sold with the other company, with the customer services, doing much better than there. Um, but... The reason why he switched with me was to to my company is because he, he, he had a trust issue. He built in years, he's just too afraid of failure, and he didn't want to trust anybody. Um, because he knew me, and he saw how I worked, it was almost no question that once I built infrastructure, he would switch over, and that's how it happened. So, um, But my passion of why I did that was because... I felt that in general it was a problem, not just India, not just Philippines. In general, in order to get a call center or an outsourcing company, right? We just didn't do phones. We also did secretarial work, right? In order to um, do an outsourcing company, you really need to understand the company that you're working with, which means that if there is, let's say, a, um, an e-commerce company, or let's say, and then, they, and then there's a call center that says, okay, I'll provide you customer service, right? the level of integration is so high that you can't really do it well unless you're very professional and that you care. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the outsourcing companies didn't care enough in order to integrate at a very high level that in the end of the day, they would they would focus on the ROI of the client. And it was from call centers to even just, you know, low level virtual assistants going online, right? It takes a lot in order to get it done. And unless you know what you're doing and you, you actually care, it's very hard to service a client um, because it takes a lot to get it done. So it was kind of like my frustration. Did they become the your previous. clients?
1: I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Taking too long to get to the end. Did they? Did they?
0: <laughs> Did they? What do you mean? The, 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 the energy company? Sure. Yeah. yeah they Did became, they became client. your client. Yes, we're selling 400%. <laughs> Uh, what they got with the Indians and, and the Indian company, I'm sorry. And uh, the customer service is much better. Um, they're, they're really issues are handled on the first call. That is
1: cool. Um, how many years, how long, maybe it wasn't even years. How long from when you left and built your own company, did they switch and become your client?
0: Right. So it was over, it was probably like a year and a half um, because I, I, you know, he was after a couple of months me doing it, he already was, he was already approaching me because we were, we were in touch and um and i i didn't want to take him yet because i know what it takes in order to run his you know co- to run the call center right you've already
1: him. done it you knew what capacity and you needed to be at to ex- do successfully
0: exactly exactly so i wanted to wait until we were built up strong enough in order to be able to handle his infrastructure even if it was as little as a small pilot program with just four or five people to start i wanted Can to I just wait. say
1: i love this i feel like that's so many people's dream where they're like employed and the boss makes them do something and they don't like how it has to be done and they're like you know what I'm gonna leave I'm gonna do it myself and instead of being your employee I'm gonna be the boss and you're gonna be my client and you did it that is so cool you're like you're you literally did what there are millions of people I feel like who who dream every day of doing that of leaving their job running their own thing and their boss becomes their client
0: Right, right. Well, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, I was scared. Um, it's it's amazing that it worked out, but I was scared. You know, it's starting from scratch. I'm uh, remember, I was just a, I was just managing it. Like I can't even say I was like the COO of a call center because I was in a funny uh, predicament where I was working the energy company side, and then like I guess you could say I was a chief outsourcing. Uh, you know, uh, custom, <laughs> you know, the chief PL, outsourcing the chief manager. Yeah,
1: outsourcing, <laughs> <officer. laughs>
0: outsourcing officer of the energy company. You can say that. But I, you know, in order to be able to establish that, you know, I had to, you know, the companies in the Philippines, I had to build relationships there. Um, I had to find good staff. I had to find people I could trust. I mean, you know, I may not have trust issues, but you're going in a different country. You know, you need to be able to do that. So, so how do you do that? Because
1: yeah. I know, like, for me, like, we, we tried outsourcing. I, my entire team is virtual. Yeah. Um, and I actually tried, no one's in the Philippines. I tried one person in the Philippines about six months ago. I tried actually a couple of people through a company, not Upwork, like a more um, small company. I'm not going to say the name, cause this is what happened. Um, and it was a complete disaster. And And for me, I think it was like, we, we realized we gave her, too much too fast like we needed to to get her in way slower um but like the time wasn't being tracked properly things were sent over weren't confirmed um approximate times weren't given in advance so like um we got two people we got one person to do some back end web dev and then we got um like someone for the admin team and the web dev put in like 35 hours without ever like checking in on a job that would have taken any of my internal team like six hours or less. I was like, I don't know what you did. Either you're lying or you're completely incompetent because that was a six hour job. Right. You know, the, right. And to the company's credit, they credited me back everything. Like when we showed them, when we showed them the mandate, when we showed them back and forth, when I said like, I, like, I hear it was my bad, like I should have said like, give me a time estimate and tell me like, I never dreamed someone would work that many hours on such a tiny job.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. I hear that all the time.
1: I don't know what you did. Like, I already have a team of people who do this. I was not doing this as a new thing. I was doing this to add capacity. I know what this takes to have happen. I have people who do it, even if it takes you double as long. Let's say my team is higher level. That's why I pay them more. Let's say it takes you 12 hours. 35 and you weren't done. What did you do? Start rebuilding the whole thing with bricks? What did you do? Wow, wow. It was crazy, but they, they, they credited me, which was nice to them, but I was like, I'm not doing this again.
0: That's good. You don't get that too often. (laughs) You don't get that too often. No,
1: they, they have the, the company was great. I just, I was, I was personally burnt from the experience. I was like, no, I need my staff to work directly for me, with me. I need to control the entire, I'm control freak. I need to control the entire process A to Z. Like I need to hire you. I need to set your salary. I need to be the one to like, tell you exactly how this works. Um, and so that was, but at the same time, like I, I love the idea of it. Okay, we're going to get more into that in, in a few minutes. So, so where's the company right. at now? Where have you landed? How many years are you doing it?
0: Right. So we're doing for about like uh, over four years now, closer to okay. five. And, and you have a
1: team in the Philippines.
0: Right, right, right. So just in the Philippines, um, we're actually opening a second location, but we're there in, in the main city in Manila.
1: Awesome. And
0: yeah, so we have our offices there.
1: And you go there? Are there cows walking outside? I, no, I know nothing. No, about.
0: not there, not there. There's probably no cows alive in that city because it's very okay. polluted. But um, okay. yeah, so I have to go down every couple of months. Um, my wife kind of hates it, but there's no choice. So uh, I really just go in there to, you know, to see what's going on, connect with the staff. Um, I think
1: that's the only way. Like for me, that's, I think, what bothered me also is that, you know, I'm not there, right? Like even though my whole team is virtual, I haven't met everybody, but I I guess I understand where they are so well. Like if you're really managing a staff of a company, I don't know, how could you not go down there? Well, it it
0: really depends, honestly speaking. I think one of the big mistakes that people don't realize is that even, you know, everyone can think what they would want about people who are overseas, not Americans, you know, third world country. But at the end of the day, um, when somebody works virtually, they, they, you know, they don't, you know, the companies here. Let's say many times they won't take in consideration what it takes. Like they, if let's say you know a girl comes into your office and you you would train her hand you would supervise her. I'm sure there's like a long list of checklists that every day you need to make sure that she does ABC, right? When someone works, you know, not in your office remotely, um, you know, the same um, the same focus and, and to attention isn't there and the same process you would normally do just because you think, okay, it's working remotely, so I'm just, it's, people just think, you know, I'm completely delegating it. And what, you know, delegation is great, but that oversight doesn't usually happen because it's just, people aren't used to doing that. Um, so, and especially So with- for
1: me, I do it. I'll tell you where I got stuck. When I hired through an outsourcing company, I didn't do it. And I think that was my mistake, right? When I, cause my entire team is virtual. I got one person who comes in now just a summer intern. I don't really have anyone permanent that comes into my physical office. And right. I like it that way because I'm in meetings the entire day. If people were here, like knocking on my door, instead they have to message me and wait for me to answer them. <laughs> like, right. I'm in touch with my team all day, all day, all day. And we have a full onboarding process set up. And then when I outsource, I guess... And, and maybe this was my mistake, maybe this is a mistake other people make like also I was like, oh, okay, like you're pre-trained, you're pre-qualified, you're you're almost pre-onboarded, I just have to tell you what to do. And and maybe that was really the big mistake I made.
0: Well, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people have that type of mistake where they do something like that. Um, they just assume things are working out. But also you need to take in consideration is that with if, if I work with if you and I would work in the same office, right? And I need to let you know something. I won't need to message you every time if I want you to do something. I would just walk over. I'd walk over to your office, that's it. I would see you in the hallway, I would just tell you. So um, in order to communicate and work, people aren't uh, attuned to um, going so much out of their way just to let someone know casually that they need to get handled because not everybody can focus on like all aspects of the project they're giving over. So what they do is in order, you know, as the way we think we'll just, you know, some things will tell you, you know, like we'll walk right over to you and then other things like when we see you, maybe we'll go in the office, it doesn't take that much focus. And, um, and people also aren't used to that as well. But there's one third thing that, that you know, that we all need to understand is that when, when you outsource, especially with, with Filipinos, they're very much task oriented. That's how they focus. That's how they think. So if you're going to give them a task, you, you need to understand is that they won't just, okay, just build me a website or just answer all of the calls. And it really needs to be laid out very carefully. Every little thing needs to be discussed. If you want them to work with you in a certain way, you have a certain style, you need to explain that to them. And even more, you need to write that down and then send them a PDF to their email about how you'd like them to work with you. But very, very clearly take that time. Um, a lot of people don't do that, they try to just, You know, say, okay, here, answer all my customer service for Amazon queries. You know how to do that, right? Okay, great. There's my login, username, password, and just just answer them. You don't have to do this. But a lot of times people have, first of all, their own specific things, how they like to do things. Um, That's one. And even if you don't, and you're pretty average and how, you know, neutral, how you like to do things, you still need to explain it to them because you can't expect them to understand and to think out of their box, you know, with a critical thinking mindset to be able to do that, you know, whatever task you need to get done. Um, and then again, it's also, it's course, it's vetting. Do they really know what they're doing? Just because they have a good, you know, resume on Upwork or just because they're recommended to you um, by Free Up or a call center gives them to you, it, you need to really be able to see yourself. Um, and a lot of people, you know, um, they, they really don't do that because how do they know what's considered good, right? How do you know if somebody's actually good? Um, you know you have to be able to know them you have to also again you're working with Filipinos um, they have vast of different type of experiences they've probably worked for 55 companies before you because it's just how it works there so a lot of these things that people don't know about and don't know how to do um, we already know how to do all that because you know we've worked with people whether they're just hiring three employees sometimes even one, teams of 15 or 20. Like We've worked with all the different types of clientele um, with all the different struggles, whether it's a guy who was planning using Upwork and uses us, or whether it's a company that was planning on outsourcing 40 employees to a huge call center. Like We know all the struggles. I like
1: that. How many people do you have out there right now?
0: So we have right now over 100, 120, close to 120.
1: And uh, that's a lot of people
0: yeah yeah so yeah it's it's pretty cool and we have a lot of people who are you know from e-commerce to real estate to uh
1: so what do they do yeah so i want to break it down now like like you know me i like to be super practical and i think there's there's two distinctions right so there's people who um maybe okay let's break it down even simpler three three categories someone who has never hired who doesn't have a local staff who doesn't have a virtual staff who needs to make these hires now, their business, they've gone beyond capacity and they're like, you know, let me quote unquote save money, you know, or let's say they're working from a home office, right? You know, my audience is micro businesses, right? So solopreneurs, sometimes they're working from home office. Sometimes it's just a home, ain't any office. It's just that dining room or kitchen table or, you know, (laughs) add to their bed and whatever it is. Um, and, and they, they're beyond capacity. Someone says, Oh, you should just outsource get someone out in the Philippines for, you know, five bucks and, you know, it's going to be amazing, you know? Um, And that (laughs) I feel like is one category. Then there's another category of a business that has local employees and either for expense reasons, capacity reasons, whatever it is, they want to either add or replace in-person employees with outsourced. And then I think you have people like me where I already have a full virtual team. Right. And so if I'm expanding, I'm almost definitely expanding virtually at the same time because it's super working for me. And then I'm just asking myself do I want to hire directly or do I want to hire through an outsourcing company? So I feel like I want to, I want you to address all three of those, but go in order. Let's go in order. (laughs) Let's start with the first guy who's working on his bed on his laptop. And he's like, I just need, I need help. I need someone else to do this. And his friend says to him, you should outsource in the Philippines. It's so cheap. And he's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause here like I have to get an office and I'd have to whatever. And like, I don't even know. And I don't really know. I love these guys. Right. I don't really right. know how to delegate. Oh, if I get someone there, they'll just do it. That's great. Um, so what does he need to know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a great way how you put all of that together. I love it. I love it. Uh, so the guy who's sitting on his bed on a laptop and trying to make money and sell online, Probably Amazon because everyone's into mm-hmm.
1: it today. Totally um, I mean he might be a real estate broker. He yeah. might even be like, you know, he, he could even be like a, a coach or or a therapist who has an office with hours and he just wants an assistant and someone says get a virtual assistant, but it's that solopreneur who doesn't who's never hired before, who doesn't have any kind of staff.
0: Right, right. So uh somebody somebody in that situation, um uh, it really does the, also depends on the type of work they want. Sometimes people want just temporary work. Sometimes people want part-time work and then full-time. So what I would say is, of course, if you're looking for full-time full-time work, you know, you have the options of using a company um, that, you know, such as work-assisted, right, that would, would have someone trained, managed, vetted, and, and handle basically everything for you, that would definitely be a good option for you. Um, or you use another company, let's say such as Upwork. Now, let's, just be, has- let's
1: just be clear: your company's name is Work Assisted. Yes, that's yes. your company. Okay, so you just—I'm I, I, not sure if everyone realized that if they thought they'd have to check out that company, that's Aaron's company, guys. He's like, you have the option of using my company, where we train and manage.
0: <laughs> we train and manage and handle you're like, everything.
1: You're like this company out there; they're great. You should totally try them. <laughs> it's his company. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay.
1: So you train so- and manage them. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I, uh, so you can use that type of company or you can use a, um, you can go online freelancing, try, you can try outboard, try free up. You know, you can get full-time people. There are people who are successful with it. I can't say it doesn't ever happen, but you have to make that decision. Do you want to have to, first of all, take a chance on figuring it out? Um, even if you figure it out, right? When you're trying to outsource, you're trying to give things over. If you have to now become a manager and supervise and check the screenshots and all those things. You have to ask yourself: Is that a good decision? Do you want to spend all the time doing that? Um, I I know that you know with other people that even if they know how to do it, they just like they can't get stressed out if the guy doesn't come to work, right? Um, and then and one of the challenges that come there is that sometimes they'll say they'll come to work and you expect them to come every single day, and then on Friday they're gonna say, oh, sorry, I can't come." You know, my uncle's sick in the hospital. My grandmother died. I mean, almost every single one of them say that. And um, while I, you know, while really some of them can work with you for years, um, like I've also worked with these type of employees who were at home at one point and where they just excuses always came up and this is, this is how they were thinking. This is what they were doing. And it was kind of treading on water at some point because every time I, I, you know, this was not for, you know, my call center, this was another business. I was actually testing them out early on. Um, and they, I just heard a list of excuses then. And at that one point I figured out that it wasn't really true, obviously. Um, so if you're looking to do full-time, you need to take into consideration of what it's going to take in order to get that done. Um, and are you willing to tread on water for some point until you happen to find this one person who's amazing? Um, it may work, it may not. Again, you take that into account. Um, with regards to Part time or or temporary, of course, use Upwork. Um, There's a great company. Free up, I know about. Use them. Yeah, I they're, know that I, I'm,
1: I'm friends with the guys in Free Up. I'm one of them specifically. Um, right. He's awesome. So yeah, they're great guys.
0: Right. Um, so it, that's it's a
1: totally different thing, though. Like Free Up, they find you people, and then it's completely up to you to train, onboard, manage everything.
0: Exactly. Um, Upwork
1: exactly. is the same. They they have a whole base of people, right? Um. I don't know. I have never used Upwork. Honestly, I've used Fiverr a lot. Do they even take any responsibility for their people? Uh, like
0: they they don't like to. They um, don't vet them, right? They don't
1: do any vetting. They just say like this is a marketplace where you know people can meet other people who can provide services who have talents and you can hire them, and we're just here to like let you guys connect.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So you when you go there, you can probably see you know the experience that they've had and check out their stuff and and see the previous work, but. Uh, I've really honestly tried all of them. And I've always had that struggle. Um, some businesses, like I said, you could do great. Um, I've actually had someone who reached out to me who's using Upwork and had 25 employees on Upwork and they wanted to, to switch over. I can't even imagine how you can run such a big team working, 25. working with- Tom.
1: 25.
0: He showed me his monthly invoice of what he paid everybody oh, every month. And I just have never seen it that size of staff just from Upwork, but that, that yes, is
1: really massive. It's really
0: big. It's really big and it could work. Um, then again, you have the challenges and are you willing to take that chance? Um, you know, it's not even about a chance. Again, it should be a good decision on your part about what's worth it for you. Um, that's, what's the that's advantages?
1: We- so like, let's say, you know, for our like, you know. Um, Ben on the bed, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> our Ben on the bed entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I name all my avatars. It's just like how I think. <laughs> we started actually doing um, like this whole, whole marketing for staffing methodology and as the economy gets stronger you know, and, and it gets harder to find the people that you need. Um, so with our elite clients, we started doing this whole thing with marketing for staffing and creating target avatars for staff. It's working amazing. And I always name them. You want to hear something so cool? Yeah. So I name them. And then, no joke, my clients are finding people with those names. Like, I just had a client and we said he needs to find a a secretary, it was a male secretary, so we named him Sam's secretary. And then he's telling me about this new guy that he found who looks really good and he's calling him Sam. I'm like, okay, but what's his real name? He's like, Essie, his real name's Sam. I'm like, no way.
0: I like that. I like that. It looks like they're really taking your advice to a very
1: He didn't look for a guy named Sam. It's just like he we we created the entire you know demographic psychographic profile of the staff member really figuring out who it was. So so I'm calling this guy you know these are my clients. So like Ben on the bed right. This this is like one of the clients that I work with. Um, So let's say Ben on the bed. Should he hire virtually? Should he not? What what would be the advantages to him to, yes, do it like this? Like, is it a good idea? Would we say to Ben, no, make your first hire local? Like, what what would we say to Ben? Because I believe there are a bunch of Bens who are listening.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of Bens. Um, so what I would say is it really also, it depends on the type of work you want to give over. Not everything makes sense to outsource. Uh, while I have an outsourcing company, I some things I strongly recommend that you do not outsource. Like what? Let's say for example um let's say social media marketing right maybe not in real estate because it's very different you just post a house and sometimes that really you know people are into that um but let's say a social media marketer many people have asked me in the past oh aaron can i do social media marketing with you um let's say for example that type of thing i would say never outsource because you're trying to get connected with people and you need to have people who have the same understanding mindset it can connect like I would even go as extreme to say maybe not even hire anybody from out of the country, even if it's a first world country.
1: I hear, meaning it's fine to hire and it's fine to quote unquote outsource, but not abroad because the culture is going to be so different. It's not going to communicate the level of connection you need to your audience.
0: Exactly. That's that's cool. just for social media.
1: That makes right. so much sense because the way we teach social media, like we can totally outsource this, but yeah, no, I like that. That makes sense because you are, you're, you're, having someone pretend to be you and your company, if they come from such a different culture and mindset, it's never going to come across.
0: Exactly. Now, customer service obviously could be done because like you're still interacting. That that can be handled. But to this level of intent, you're trying to connect people to your brand and to speak, you know, connect with the mission and the statement. Uh, it might not resonate with people again from, uh, you know, out of the country or even different parts of the country. Again, you're, you have to hire based on mindset and focus and, you know, yeah, I have a lot to say on that. but I like that. Um, It depends what, depends what you need.
1: depends what you so, like, need. Basic then again, admin tasks. Yeah. Admin tasks
0: can be done. Admin tasks can be done. Um, but sometimes you need someone in your office, which means that if you have people who are calling you up, I've had you know many people I've spoken to, and they, it really makes a difference of who answers the phone, let's say, because they expect that person to meet up with them in person, or you have a very The way your office is set up, and then you need a, let's say, you need a secretary that'll also go and send things to the mail for you, or to actually make photocopies. Now, of course, if you want to outsource, you it doesn't have, to, you know, you don't have to be so rigid. And I mean, people don't have to be so rigid, and they can just, you know, maybe assign the copying to someone else.
1: I've had um, my virtual but- assistants email things to my printer, order me food online to get delivered to my office. <laughs>
0: Right, right. I once had a client. It was very funny. Um, this was like way back in the day, and they were. I guess they were very funny. Um, how they wanted to hire like a virtual, um, not secretary or nanny or babysitter, um, that would follow up when the kid would get picked up from school, and that would go ahead and then you know order Amazon products for the baby and the kids, and would set their doctor's appointments up. Um, follow up with the teachers. I mean, people have gone to pretty extremes. And I that, know that- That is like,
1: really interesting. It
0: was very interesting. Like literally and
1: a personal assistant, but like not at all in person.
0: Like a family personal assistant. And that's really cool. That's It's again, um, I- I I would not do that anymore when I we were mean, just if I could starting be out. I it.
1: racist, like they were looking to hire a wife. Like that's totally what they were looking to do. No, the
0: wife was busy doing other things, shopping. Right,
1: but that's why i was saying no. That wasn't racist. That was misogynistic.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: um, like in theory. But I always say I need a wife. Right,
0: <laughs> right. It, and, and it was just it was just so funny. But um, now they could do a lot of things for you. But I, you know, the way to be the most successful with them, right? At the end of the day, even if you're a smaller company, you at that. You just need to focus on your needs for the moment. Right now, you're smaller. Um, you don't need to f- focus so much about scalability. So, in the sense that you know, if you want to hire a big team, it should be very much like um, organized and very you know task oriented and repetitive and dupl- and easy to duplicate the work. Um, but if you want to get very specific, like follow up with appointments and, and as in um, let's say like you said, order food, maybe. Who knows? Maybe you have a team of four people, and it just takes too much time to order the pizza. Again, that's possible.
1: Um, but no, if you're... Like I'm in meetings all day, so like right. I'll, I'll just like quickly message when I says like I need lunch now. I want this, and like those three minutes it takes to go online, order it, put it through. I just didn't even have.
0: Right. So that, that's that's amazing. Or like so... I'll
1: send a voice note because um, my team works like we work on a not a 24, When we had someone in the Philippines, we were on a twenty-four hour clock. Um, right but we work in flipped time zones. So I'll be heading off to bed. And so like, I remember one night um, I was heading to bed and I was flying the next day. And I was like, okay, I need a packing list. Cause like I have too much going on. So I sent a whole voice note to one of my assistants. I was like, okay, here are all the things I need to pack. Anything else you could think of, throw on there and email it to my printer. I wake up in the morning, pull the sheet out of the printer and uh, and go pack.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Awesome.
1: I love my virtual team. They yeah. do everything while I'm sleeping. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I pe- and people love that the it. only thing is that you're you're very lucky to get that now the, the reason i say that is because again number one that other people i mean you probably know how to work with them well by now other people might not know what it takes to even get to someone at that level which means is that you know to have somebody in a virtual assistant or an employee or working remotely to expect them to understand exactly what you want again it really takes all those instructions that you need totally. to, to get done I've had most-
1: yeah, my people trained for years actually some of our clients are like could I, could I have one of your assistants? I'm like, no, no, I made those. <laughs> like I went and I found them. And then I spent tons of time and energy trading them. Mine now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so, so you see, you did your homework. You did what you have to do in order to do that. I hear.
1: So even when you outsource, so this kind of answers my third question, which is that if you're going to outsource through a company, it sounds like you really do have to do something similar. You don't necessarily have to train them in the raw skill because the company will do that, but you do have to do a full onboarding in terms of how things work in your business. um, A full training as if I was hiring them myself.
0: Right, right. Well, to a certain extent, which means let's say when we get a client of course we want the client to be hands on to a certain extent. Um, so we were
1: hands on with you maybe. Like let's say let's let, let's say I hired you. Let's say I need and and this is a real thing, right? When we launched the next cohort of Marketing Magic, we've seen with the last two um, programs. So Marketing Magic is our group coaching program where you never waste money on marketing again, right? Um, and so it's an 8-week program and during what we call open cart, right when people are signing up, there's just, there's, there's dozens of people emailing, messaging, and my, my current team just completely maxes out. Um, So I don't need an ongoing support team all the time. I need one that's really, really available during open cart. And then, you know, semi-available during the cohort to answer any technical questions and things like that. So if I did that, I wouldn't necessarily train all the people. I feel like, I would hire a company like yours and I would like train you. This is what I need. This is how we do it. And then you would train them.
0: Yeah. So that's how that would go. So we I would like have, that. that's the reason why we have the, you guys, industrial Aaron might've
1: just gotten a job. I like that. That's not <laughs> fun.
0: But that's exactly why we actually hire an industrial engineer that works there. Um, it's not cheap, but the reason being is because we really need to understand your business. And then once we have that from you, We'll take that and then train your employees. Now, of course, you can. It <clears throat> depends on the size of the company. We we have clients who actually speak with the employees on WhatsApp and w- in a in a group with a supervisor. And then they like the su- supervisor doesn't get involved, but just you know just to oversee things. Mm-hmm. And we want like as much connection as possible. On the other hand, that if it's for bigger teams, they're not really that connected as much. Maybe just with a team leader. Um, you know when it works let's say you know yeah, that a, makes
1: so much sense so I like well, we have all that
0: and we knew, we make sure that we ask you the right questions so <clears throat> so, so, so I think have, that's
1: the difference really right like if, if i were to think about it <coughs> the difference between hiring virtually on your own or through a marketplace like free up or upwork is the amount of energy effort training that you have to put in versus hiring a company like yours um, guys plug for work assisted cuz this sounds super cool you do a lot of that.
0: Right. So we handle all that. and uh, Love it. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but then even then, like, you know, we've seen a lot of, even from these platforms sometimes, we've seen people who, you know, the vetting process you still need to be careful for, right? Because then, you know, what about security issues? People are many times worried about security and then how do I give them my passwords? And, I mean, if you wanted to work with you, you still need to be able to you know, be make yourself a vulnerable a little bit and no, we have a really cool a-
1: tool actually because we're all virtual. Um yeah. there's a really cool tool called One Password, number one password. Oh, okay. I was
0: gonna say something similar to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what's wait, what's another one? Because that's the one um- that that yeah. We so were, we
0: use um, something called LastPass. It's actually phenomenal. Okay. Um, it's I'll a Chrome extension and basically you're able to share access without showing your password.
1: Exactly. So that's and, what 1Password is. Exactly. <coughs> my right. so my programmer is the one who brought me 1Password. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll look at LastPass also because we're not um, we're not yet committed to it. So we're still like testing it out. Um, but after we like, you know, hired and fired a couple of people in like a mm. short span of time, as we were expanding mm. six months ago, I was like, got to redo all our passwords again, got to read like, this is ridiculous, you know, and I was yeah. like, we definitely need a better answer than this.
0: It's it's hard if you don't have a good one, because everyone has a million passwords for a million different, uh, Totally no, and,
1: and something like last password, one password. So, so guys, what this is, it's a password management program. You basically, you only need one password for yourself to log in. And then you can control permission. So you basically make someone a user and then they get access to all the different accounts. The last password, one password holds all your passwords. See, this is where I get nervous. Because then I've You know that expression, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket? Right. It's like the definition of putting all your eggs in one basket. Like, if they get hacked, I'm super toast.
0: Right, right. But that you need to balance on your own. It's like, is it worth it, me making my life crazy or just taking a chance? And then hopefully nothing happens. You know, this is, I I know LastPass is pretty well encrypted. And, um, you know, there are probably, I mean, I would also probably trust them more than another, you know, than just having things on my own just because- For sure, for sure. It's it's a
1: trade-off. It's the trade-off. Your whole business relies on security, right? Right. Uh, I know, but like recently, um, I don't know if Facebook got hacked or crashed. I didn't look at the details, but like Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down for a day you know like know, the I bigger know. you are the harder you fall
0: yeah yeah target got hacked. the government um, uh, every, i feel like every hack.
1: other week i get an email from some other service that i subscribe to we're sorry we're our our data has been compromised we'll keep you updated if you are one of the people whose data was compromised and i've gotten free experian memberships and free whatever's because my data was compromised somewhere or another right. some service um, but well, I that's
0: that. why two-step verification is very good sometimes it depends you know yeah. Let's say on, on Google, if someone's hacking your email, I had people try and hacking my email before. And then I got a message to my phone saying, is this you? But, uh, you know, okay, you I like that idea.
1: I like that idea too. Cool. Awesome. Right? So that makes so yeah. much sense to me. So, ah, oh, we're like already getting close on time, but I have two more big questions. Okay. I'm going to ask the first one first. And the first one is, so I feel like I have my answers for Ben on the bed and for me right? Like those two ends. But that guy in the middle, you know, let's say he's got, he's got a small business, five, 10, maybe 15 employees in an office. And he's hearing from his friends or seeing online that people are saving a ton of money by outsourcing. And he's thinking to himself, hey, I'm paying these people, you know, um, really high wages. Let's say, you know, he's in a big city like LA or New York, where, you know, the, the minimum wage just keeps going up. Um, maybe I should hire abroad what would you tell that guy? Like, should he replace his staff with abroad? Should he add abroad? If it's working, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's not gonna be as much of a savings, it is a savings. Like, what does he need to know about outsourcing? Oh, let's give him a name, let's give him a name. Um, 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 he's not a CEO, right? Like those people don't usually call themselves CEOs. They call themselves owners, I feel yeah? So like, let's call him, I always like to use alliteration. Um, hmm. What's a good O name? Owner name? No, like yeah, so, no, a name that starts with O for for a guy. I Oliver? decided he's a guy. Oh, Oliver Owner. Okay. Okay. All right. So Oliver, Oliver Owner. Owner. What should Oliver do?
0: Okay, so the first he needs to um, he needs to think about why he he's even what why he's even coming to a place where he wants to outsource. Um, outsourcing is very common and it's becoming more and more common with the abilities you know with the digital capabilities. But he needs to think about why he would want to
1: outsource. Wants to save then, money. His friend said, save money, go get someone abroad. Right. Oh my gosh, you're paying that person $25 an hour, you could get for five. And right. he doesn't know this, of course. The friend's never done it. The friend has no clue how the thing works. He heard somewhere on a podcast sometime that you can do this. Right, i that for five. That's a great idea. That'll save costs. I should totally do that. That's why. He doesn't know anything else about it.
0: So, yeah. So, I, so what I would say is that he he... You know, he needs to take a chance in order to be able to think on, okay, if he could outsource and he wants to save money, um, he needs to understand what is possible to be outsourced. What are the best things to outsource? And then without telling anybody, because you, you never want to say anything, right? Because if you're going to outsource, either you got more work or you're looking to replace somebody. Now, of course, you want everyone to get jobs. But if, it, if it's a question of the business needs to thrive more at the end of the day, it's all about the business growing, right? So if he wants to do that, he maybe, you know, if he can confine in somebody, maybe a manager, or he just even think to himself and just take the time to kind of, you know, figure out what is, what work is get, getting done and what could be given over, but without telling anybody yet, because you don't, you never want to say, like, you know, you never want to tell anybody you're considering outsourcing um, because you could get backlash sometimes. So once you take, You know, once you understand what could be outsourced, and then you see what's, you know, in general, and then you see what's getting done in your office, you know, you try to put together um, the amount of work that it would take for, let's say, a full-time employee. Let's say you have three secretaries, and you have an administrative manager or whatever, and then you found out that a third secretary could be replaced. So, what I would say is that if you understand how to outsource and what could be outsourced, um, so I would say is try to put together... The amount of from all the three people, let's say, the amount of work that you know one person can do, but it's more, you know, let's say I don't like to say simpler work, but it's less um, complex in the sense that you know, just answering, taking phone orders, um, sending out emails, let's say property management companies sending out you know information for tenants, following up about collections, you know, put, putting all that together, and then I would say, if you want to do that then you know you have obviously the choices between companies of course i would recommend like an outsourcing company because you know you don't want to be busy with this the last thing you need is an employee to skip work or to just leave on you and of course you know in your office there is always a risk but when you outsource overseas let's say you you want to do an online employee your your risks are huge So that's what I would say. Let's say a company, you know, let's say like work assisted, where we have people, you know, clients who come to us that just want sometimes one employee, three employees, and they want, they don't want to do anything crazy. They want to give it over. But the last thing they need is to have more problems. Forget about even with the recruiting and training. Let's say she gets pregnant, she gives birth, they get married, who knows what happens, right? They don't want to be busy with that. And especially if it's done online, because there are so many complications can happen. They're gonna say, "Oh, where's You're all the information?" Also figuring out
1: how to pay them, like so they would pay you, and all of that payment stuff would be taken care of instead of having to figure out how to get money international and the currency exchanges and from all. From A, a that. to Z,
0: from A yeah. to Z, everything like would that. be handled. And the last thing you need is to start worrying about, "Oh, where's my virtual employee today?" You know. Yeah.
1: No, this is a good plug. I like this. This is a good plug for your company. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's a great idea. And I think it, it does. I know for me, like I mentioned my experience, um, had I worked with a company that did all the oversight and training, or had I realized that if I don't do that, I need to do way more oversight and training. I, I probably would have been way better off. Cool.
0: That right. was awesome.
1: So yeah. as you know, um, we now want to hear what your current struggle is, right? Cause you obviously like, this has been quite a journey, right? And over 120 people in the Philippines, um, what's a current business struggle at the, at the level that you've hit now?
0: Right. So that, that's a great question. Um, as funny as it sounds, um, my biggest struggle right now is, is focus. And I'll tell you what I mean. Um, because you know, we're, we're growing really fast and, um, there's, there's just so many things that we want to do, and there's so many um, different, you know, I've hired, I've hired a CMO, I've hired you know, a chief marketing officer, I've hired um, managers over there. Um, since they, they are cheaper over there, of course, I was able to even hire more staff, and we have a lot of staff members, which means that the chances for, for delegating or even, you know, the ability to do that is even more for me. As far so with all that being said, and I have all of these staff, um focus is still is still a struggle for me um because and my the problem is is that I'm trying to right now like take on so many things and like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the ones that want to outsource and and in general uh, focus is always a hard thing because the question is that where do you go next? what do you do now you know? what's so what's helping me personally is that I have a mentor who I talk to that kind of just helps me refocus myself. But my mentor is not always there for me because he has his own businesses. He is they have, you know, mentors are always busy, um, which is how they got into the position of becoming a mentor, right? So what I do to help me focus is sometimes I stop myself during the day and then I reassess myself of what was my main goals for the day today and where what do I have to get done still. Um, And then, am I on the right track? Am I doing right? I have my small tasks for today, and then I have my few big missions I'm trying to get taken care of. Uh, We're trying to work on high levels of, uh, you know, help even more, let's say with customer service. We're trying to go into artificial intelligence and data science and all these fancy things because we're trying to get ahead of the trend. And it's because we're going so far, like I have to keep my head in the game there. And then also, I try to, you know, connect with clients sometimes, even though we have a people who of the clients, but I always try to keep up the relationships, and we're trying to work with brand managers and partnerships and all these things. It's, it's hard sometimes to keep yourself focused, right? And you so, mentioned and a I'm wife, very... so it
1: sounds like you have a family too.
0: Yes, <laughs> with wife and the kids. Um, well, that's of course, right? How many so
1: kids?
0: I have two kids.
1: Cool. Two kids. How have, old are they?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I have a, uh, a three-year-old. He's Ben, so... Uh,
1: but he's not going to be Ben on the bed, because...
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, as of now, he's all over the place. And then I have a little girl. Her name is Penina. She's 10 months old. yeah,
1: so fun. Yeah, so they're,
0: uh, they're definitely pretty energetic. Tinies,
1: two, tinies.
0: Very tinies, and balancing the, all the stuff going out of work and at home. It's a lot to balance. But that's why, if you want to Especially also if you want to that work-life balance... Mm -hmm. which is always important and entrepreneurs don't do enough of um, it's it's focus is the biggest thing. And while, while it is a struggle, I've done very well with, with it because I work on it so much and it's really helped me move forward. But the only thing I would say with struggles that with, with focusing is that definitely get that mentor and then always, you know, say like, am I on that right path? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, Could I give this over? could I have someone else handle this for me, right? So that's, you know, even sure. though I have the, the outsourcing company, I still focus <laughs> is always a big thing.
1: I totally hear that. So can I give you a tool that that we use with our elite clients? Um, I love it. So we do, um, one of the packages that I've been doing for years actually is a work-life balance package. It's part of our systems package. Like when we do a systems and operations overhaul in a small business, part of that is the, the personal, um, Sometimes I just call it the work-work balance, right? Like I'm not looking to manage someone's personal life, um, but if you get your work-work balance in order, which is what should I do when, how often, and how, and who else should do it and all of that stuff, and how do I manage my day, then you have time for your family afterwards. Um, so
0: I would love that. that. That That's sounds cool. like amazing. Did you make so, that
1: just for me? <laughs> I made it just for you. I made it for, for people just like you, right? I'm doing this 10 years. So That's everything amazing. that I've built, has basically been by request, right? It's it's because a client is dealing with something and so we, we devise a solution for it. So I'll give you one of the the, the bigger tools that we use, yeah?
0: That's and amazing. If,
1: and we work backwards. We do, we do first like the broad goal setting, right? So I call it like the GRVP, goals, roles, values, priorities. So we do this very broad setting of like, what do I want my life to look like? What's most important to me, yeah? And then we start to pin it down. We make three-pronged goals um, based on, lifestyle, financial, and service. What do I want to be doing? How much money do I want to be earning? Revenue and profit. And how flexible do I want to be? How many hours do I want to work? We kind of balance it to make sure that it it all fits. And then we break it down backwards and we make a plan for it. Yeah, so that's kind of the big picture, but I want want you to have like a tactical thing. So here's a cool tactical thing. That's really great. Weekly and daily having your goals in categories. Right. So, um, and something I'm doing right now, even for me, is having three weekly goals, which are a little bit bigger one business, one personal, and one based on whatever like, biggest project I have. Right. So, and, and here's the thing about focus you can't have more than one biggest project, then it's not the biggest. Okay. There's only one. So you got to choose one right now. That's the most important, right? Because being an adult, it's not about um, choosing between what's important and unimportant. It's about choosing between what's important and more important. So you pick your most biggest. And so you know every week as you're working on that, you've got a goal in there. Then you've got a general business and a personal. And then every day I do, and I don't even know where I got this. I've modified this from a bunch of things that I've been learning. I do what I call my top seven. Right. Right. Three business, Three personal, one bonus. That could be in either category, depending what's more weighty. And I'll find sometimes. And I do this every night. Um, okay, I'll be transparent. There are some nights that I skip, but I do it almost every night. Um, some nights I skip because I know I didn't. I didn't do everything the day before, so I know that I have the same one for <laughs> the next day. But that's. But that's part of it. But I have. A, oh, I have so many of these systems. I have something called the four Ds, four dots, that I've been doing for years. I got a lot of the stuff. Um, but I, but the the tool is, I, you can do either or or both, the top three for the week, um, and then have, have a check-in with yourself, with another person that's like scheduled on those three. And, and every day when you have a quiet moment, every day as you're planning your day, make sure that you're covering those top three, that they're marked out, right? I don't work off a to-do list, I work off a calendar. When I set my goals, when I set my right. tasks, I make sure they're plugged in somewhere so that right. they happen, I don't work. And, and this is something I've been learning, um, the most productive people do not work off a to-do list. And, and when I learned that, I was so excited because I already worked off a calendar, but I started doing it even more because if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. If it's not scheduled somewhere in, how am I ever going to get to it? I mean, it's also because my life's insane, but like I'm really not going to. I don't have open time to do stuff. Like my whole day is scheduled. So right. plug it into a calendar. But every night, make your top seven. And, the and if it's too such many, a good idea. top five. Yeah, and then, right. and then plug it into a calendar because there's got to be a process. You take the right. same kind of set you use for operations and you put it on your life. And again, this is a little too regimented for some people. Great, guys, do a top three each day. You didn't reach them? So I have a whole other system for that, but I don't want to confuse you. Um, there's a whole other system for if something's not getting done, what do we do? How do we go back? How do we make sure that it gets done if you're not getting done? You, because most to-do lists just become like to-don't lists. Like, here's all the things that, I thought of doing that I thought were important that I never did, right? And that's unhelpful, right? So at whatever scale you can handle. I like top seven. Seven is just my favorite number. Um, but you can do your top three each day. That's great. You can do your top five. I like odd numbers because I like you, that you would have categories and I like breaking down personal and business. Like I'll find sometimes when I'm sitting at night, like I've got 10 things I need to do for the business and I'm like personal, like I think I'm fine. And then I'm like, no, you know, this is the framework to make sure you don't get out of balance, that you're always... Yes, taking care of because I've worked with so many business owners at the later stages. You know, they're multimillionaires and their health is a mess and their relationships are a mess. And their 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 life is a wreck. They got a lot of money and they're gonna spend it all to clean up their life.
0: <laughs> it's all about the priorities. You need to be able to prioritize. That's really yeah. great. Sounds like a great system.
1: Yeah, it's it's cool stuff. Wow. Oh, this was so much fun. I feel like we could talk for a lot longer. Um, and maybe we will. And maybe we will. So Aaron, tell everybody where they can look, learn more about, I was trying to say find you and learn more and look for you all at the same time, um, where they can learn more about Work Assisted and, uh, and find out more about your services.
0: Yeah, so uh, you can go to uh, workassisted.com. You'll check out, you can check out the website. Um, so it's Work Assisted, like A-S-S-I-S-T-E-D. People sometimes get confused with that. So you you can check out the website and um, there's information over there. You can check me out on LinkedIn. You can put in Aaron Klein or work assisted. You'll probably be able to pull me up and I'm happy to connect from there.
1: Awesome. So guys, check out Aaron. I'm actually going to be checking out his stuff. Um, And uh, Aaron, as you may or may not know, at the end, I like to surprise my guests and ask for a quote because I love quotes. It does not have to be your favorite one of all time, although it can be, Um, but of like you know little piece of consolidated wisdom to send everyone on their way today
0: so a quote a quote um i i mean i it's (laughs) to have a quote um it's might not be so catchy but it's something that rings in my head every day um because i heard a story of someone once put it up in the office and all over the office and it was a a, a it was a quote said make things happen um it, it just really resonated with me because at the end of the day, um, I always want output and I don't want to just work hard. I want to work smart and I want to make sure that if I'm here to do something, I want to make sure I make it happen, not that I just, you know, work for 10, 15 hours a day and uh, just come out with nothing. So just make things happen was, was something that resonated with me tremendously. I like
1: that a lot. I think that's a great quote. I like that all yeah. and, and it really resonates with the thing that you're talking about with your struggle, which is mostly because you want to make so many things happen. So,
0: yes, yes, yes. And I want to make sure I walk out with something.
1: And, and segment you know. and and track. And yeah, it's it's exactly. you know, it's it's the whole part of goal setting. It's actually what we kick off our course with the first module is setting goals and benchmarks and strategies. Um, because otherwise everything I teach you, where does it go? right? We always got to be in line with where we're trying to end up. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's such a big deal just to do something about it. And if you have the opportunity to do something with it, don't just leave it hanging. Um, Don't just work for so many years and just walk out with nothing. Make sure you walk out with something.
1: 100%. Love it. This was great. So guys, If you go to sdran.com slash 69, you will find the notes on this show. You'll find the link to find Aaron's website, to find him on LinkedIn, and this very nice quote of make things happen. And I would like to ask you to grow our subscription list, right? For a while, I was telling you to leave me a review. Those have been amazing. Thank you super much. Feel free to leave one if you want. But right now, what I would like you to do in... Gratitude for the amazing episode you just listened to and all the fantastic wisdom you've got. I am sure that you know someone who needs to hear this. I'm sure you do. Maybe they're already a subscriber, fantastic. Maybe they're not, even more fantastic. Send them this link, share the love and the wisdom. Make sure they don't make the same mistake I made when I first outsourced. Let them learn all of the ABCs of outsourcing their staff from this episode, share the love Post it on your socials. Tell everyone that they've got to know this or just tell that certain someone who you think needs to know about it. And we will catch you next week.
0: You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?